Kia ora, good morning and welcome into SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo at four past six. Uh, I know Robbie's uh, just checking his moonshine still, that's why that took a little bit. Uh, Is he having a coffee or something? What was he doing? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but it's good. He's just put his 10-gallon hat down and he's away and laughing. So uh, no, that is all good. Welcome into the show. Good morning to you. And uh, Izzy, I understand uh, that mm. the um, England test matches against uh, the All Blacks, their tour here uh, mid-year, are going to be announced today, the dates and the venues. And uh, yep. hearing Dun- uh, Dunedin, July 6th, and Auckland, July 13. Yep. Yep, yep. 8 a.m. I think it's going to be announced. So while we're on air, we're going to get uh, the exclusive from the All Blacks and their schedule for the year and um, that England Test Series, which will be awesome to see England coming down and uh, seeing what they're able to do with a different look. England side, Owen Farrell, has obviously moved on. So it's a new look side. Steve Borthwick uh, started his campaign last year and Struggled, but uh, got to a, a Rugby World Cup semi-final. So, yeah, they'll be good. Uh, Dunedin, we played them there. I think the last time they toured, we had, a, we had a test match there. It was when Ben Smith ran down Manu Tuilangi, and uh, we got the win. We got a, we got a pretty solid result against them. So, uh be good to see the English travelling and touring again. I think the last time, we had the British-Irish Lions, we had the Welsh, uh, the Irish last year, so... Good to see those UK Six Nations, which starts this weekend as well. Yeah, and uh, tomorrow morning, uh, just after 8 o'clock, Nick Evans, uh, former All Black, is going to join us. Mm. Of course, coaches up in the UK, and uh, we're going to go through the Six Nations with him and get a, a bit of a preview for you ahead of it kicking off for the weekend. Today, though, uh, it's only a week away, is he, from the trade window closing in the NBA. So Oli Cassell. The bird rights. Mm. Uh, he covers predominantly the New Orleans Pelicans, but uh, NBA overall. He's going to join us out of New Orleans. We'll go through in the next week. What are we going to see? Who needs what? I know your Lakers are, are struggling a bit. They had a loss the other day. They're on the on the edges of the playing tournament at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're struggling, mate. Uh, they're absolutely struggling. It's, uh, it's good to see not non-traditional playoff teams that are – that are flying at the moment. You got the Thunder. You got the Knicks. They're going well. The Cavs beat the Clippers the other day, which nearly destroyed my multi. But uh, I didn't pick that game. But you, you got some some teams that have struggled lately that are putting up some good performances. So yeah, the trade window is going through. There's a big six, well, the big six trades that potentially could take place. And uh, yeah, we're looking for. Oh, I'm looking forward to chatting to him about Zion Williamson. Mm. He's been under so much pressure and there's been, you know, question marks over his commitment to the game, his body. He's had so many injuries. He's a big boy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, is he committed to this New Orleans Pelicans? Big name. Know what he can do if he's if he's given an opportunity. But uh, probably just wasn't like, he hasn't quite ticked the boxes like uh, Pelicans fans probably thought and wanted over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, well, I mean, he's still a young guy too, right? So mm. I wonder, you know, there's that that's that uh, that term of growing into the body and, and just knowing yep. how to manage it. Because that's the thing, you know, he's not built like a traditional basketball player. I mean, he's a big guy all around. Mm. I mean, you know, he's. I remember years ago uh, when Starter first came into New Zealand and we used to get all these, uh, I worked <laughs> at a sports shop and we used to get all the Starter gear and we used to get all these posters. And there was a guy... Larry Johnson, I think it was, he played yep. for the Charlotte Hornets, and he was one of the first really big 
big men. He wasn't just tall. He had massive shoulders and stuff. And that they had a door poster you could get, like which would cover an entire door. And it just had Larry Johnson and said, now now playing linebacker for the Charlotte Hornets because of just how big he was, you know, because that's what he looked. He could he could have played football. That's what he looked like. And mm. Zion Williamson is a similar sort of bloke. Yeah, the, the game sped up so much faster now. Like gone are the days of just going down there, throwing it on the post, and and you post up against some big men. You got to spread the court. You're seeing more threes than ever from the past, and the game's just so much quicker. And when you're carrying that much weight, you know it would have been interesting to see how Shaq, you know, the big Shaq mm. would have would have gone on today's game. Not don't get me wrong, he probably would have excelled, but it's it's a different game. Speed game and his most of his injuries are lower body injuries. Yeah. What does that say to me? You're probably carrying extra, extra weight. And when you're having a jump and being an explosive athlete like Zion, you're probably going to um, put your body in some difficult situations. So yeah, look, there's just been Christmas. He's had a lot of things going on off the court as well. So um, it'd be good to chat to him about that. Yeah, well, so Oli Casella with us before seven. After seven, it's a bit of a rugby hour. Your old mate Kenny Lynn out of the Highlanders is going to join us. Um, yeah. They've got they've got a big preseason game coming up this weekend. Yeah, taking on Moana Pacifica. Um, great to see Kendrick Lynn back in. I, I started my Super Rugby campaign with Kenny Lynn playing on the midfield. He's a good Southland man. Um, he's gone over. He speaks, uh, you know, excellent French. He's been at Lyon. He took them to his glory over in Lyon, and I know he's got uh, big expectations uh, on himself and, and, and that Highlanders outfit. So Kenny Lynn, be great to chat to him. they got a young squad, man. They've got an inexperienced squad. They've got some good signings in the off-season. That Tava Tava Nawai, very good on the outside. They um, you know, sniped them from the Wana Pacifica. Number 10 jersey, they got Reese Patchell from Wales that has made his move to to the south. Um, so, yeah, look, it's it's got... I can't... Look, I'm going to be brutally honest. I can't see them competing for a title because they have lost... A lot of experience at, at the hooker um, area as well. So George Bell, uh, oh no, not George Bell. I think it's uh, Angus Bell, maybe someone, someone, uh, one of the Bell brothers is starting at hooker, and he's pretty darn good as well. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to chatting to chat to Kenny Lynn. Kenny Lynn, yeah, and Caelan Boshier is going to join us as well mm. at, at, from the airport as the Chiefs get ready to shoot off to Japan for their pre-seasons. And then after 8 o'clock, Jeff Parks, a Kiwi journalist who lives in Melbourne. Uh, he's been there for quite some time, but uh, covers rugby in depth. And uh, boy, yeah, we've been talking about it since we got back. The Rebels going to the wall. It became official yesterday, officially in administration. Australian mm. rugby not guaranteeing their future past this season. Yeah, and I know we're going to talk about it right now, aren't we? We are, so let's crack into it. Round one, fight. The Rebels, not guaranteed to exist beyond this season. Izzy, if you were running one of the Aussie Super Rugby sides, mm. who would your first recruit be for 2025 out of that Rebel squad? Well, you go through that squad, and there's a handful of names that, that really stand out. Uh, when you look at that squad, you got Jordan Luisi, who's uh, a fine hooker. You got Taniala Tupo, we know what the big Tongan Thor is able to do. You got Lukan Solakai Loto, who's a big bruising um, lock. 
Um, you go to Rob Leota, and then you head out into the back line. You've got Carter Gordon, you've got James Tuttle, you've got Matt Proctor, who they signed from the Northampton Saints in the off-season, and he signed a long-term deal. So you have to say he'll be absolutely livid for, for confirming that uh, with what's going on. Andrew Calloway, he is the big name in the back. Mm. So I think you probably look for the latter. You know, Matt Proctor is a very good player. He'll be a great fit for uh, an Australian side, but the only downside to that is he doesn't have any... Well, he cannot play for the international side because he's played for New Zealand Māoris. He's played um, age grade four for the international side here in New Zealand. So that will be you're blocking away for a potential young player coming through to go to higher honours. But I'd say you'd go for Carter Gordon. Mm. You have a crack at Carter Gordon. He is very, you know, he started at ten for the Wallabies at the World Cup. He's a young player. Um, you know, he got thrown into the deep end. Showed signs to be a quality guy, but. Um, you know, I think he'll probably get snapped up pretty quick. And then Andrew Callaway, you know, the small, the ginge. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the, golf, the golf guy, as Baz used to call him. Uh, yeah, the golf guy, Andrew Callaway. He's a very good player, man. He is tough as hell. Um, I've had some good battles against him. Uh, I'd have to say probably those two would be at the top of the list alongside Taniala Tupo. Where does Taniala go? He started at the Brisbane Reds. That's where he's made his name. Does he go back to where it all started and began? Or do the Waratahs, with the money at their disposal, throw a cash cow at him and snag Taniala Tupo? I think those will be the three that will be snapped up pretty quick. Mm. Yeah, all right. Round two. Cool. Uh, now, Andy Murray uh, got a bit snippy with a journalist the other day. Uh, he's mm. had a rubbish start to his season this season. Uh, he came down to Australia, played a warm-up tournament, and then played the Aussie Open. He managed two mm. matches, lost both, went first round in both. Uh, he's just lost uh, to an out-of-form ben, uh, Benoit Pierre as well in Marseille, another first-round loss. Um, and this uh, journalist from BBC Scotland had said, has basically speculated whether or not he was risking tarnishing his legacy and he should just retire. Um, Andy Murray wasn't happy about that. Had a, had a, had a, had a crack <laughs> back. But do fans and journalists have a point about athletes tarnishing careers by carrying on too long? Do some guys just not know when to quit? Um, they have a they have a say, but I I, I feel you know Andy Murray's lost eight of his last nine games. He, he is struggling. He's struggling with his body. He's struggling with his mind. Stop smiling. I can see that message coming through. <laughs> <sighs> I know. I know. Okay. You just caught me off guard. Stop smiling, Ricardo. Sorry. Um, look, in all honesty, I think he's earned the right to retire when he wants to retire. He's won two Grand Slams. He's won two gold medals at the Olympics. He's amassed over $65 million in career earnings. You know, like, I mean, he, he doesn't. He can do what he wants, really. I know there's a lot of fans out there and, and journos that will want to have their say and, and have their opinion, but the reality is, if Andy Murray, Murray thinks like he's up to it, because he is struggling now, that no one's... The wrong people are going to remember him for now for what, or for better what he's done in the past. Like, Yeah, so for, for him, I, I think he has the right to, to earn his, his opportunity and finish on his own terms. And I guess when you've been competing at the highest level and you've been one of the biggest names in tennis, you deserve it. So, yeah, for Andy, I think he, he's come out and 
whatever their thing, his body is in tatters. Like, his body is gone through the ringer. He has struggled so much. He's had with the major hip problems where he's had to come back from major hip surgery. Um, so whether he's going to get to top level again, probably not. But if he wants to continue on and play in tennis and, and finish on his own terms, then I think he's earned that right. Round three. Yesterday in the Premier League, Arsenal... Mm. We're 2-0 up at Mount Nottingham Forest. They conceded a late goal and then were under the pump towards the end of the game. Uh, they held on for the win, though. Uh, but Ben White and Alexander Zinchenko were absolutely going after each other in the wake of giving up the goal. And afterwards, Mikel Arteta, the, the Arsenal coach, said he loved seeing it. He loved seeing how much they cared and that they were going after each other on the field. How good is it, do you think, and did you play with blokes who would spray <laughs> you for perceived mistakes? <laughs> Um, oh, there's a time and a place, you know, when your team's under the pump and under pressure and, and something continues to happen. I think there's a way that you approach them. If you're being really directed to certain players, they might tend to go into their shell. So it's a real understanding of knowing your, your players and the people around you. How do they re- react to pressure? You know, how do you approach them to get them out of that moment of staying on task? Um, so... Yeah, I think that's that's really important. But I played with a player that no matter the moment, no matter the situation, it's always your fault and he will spray you. And that is Ma'anunu. And I know you're probably not surprised <laughs> about that situation, but Ma'anunu was a prime example of you never stuffed up. But when you've got players that will hold you accountable, it makes you go harder. It makes you dig deeper than you've ever had to dig deeper before because you do not want to get a spray from Ma'anonu. Prime example, I've, I think I've spoken about it before, but we were playing England, and Ma'anonu, we had a move, we missed 13, and he hit me on a bounce. Well, Ma'a caught the ball through this horrible pass. It was, you know, it wasn't a perfect spiral pass. It was like a traditional ugly league pass that was floating constantly away from me when I was running onto it at high speed. <laughs> So it was a terrible pass, and it goes right in front of me. I, lu- I lunge out, and I just touch it with my fingernails, and it gets knocked on and goes forward. And I'm thinking, oh, that was a horrible pass. Anyway, I look over at Ma'a, and he going, puts his hands up <laughs> in the air and says, catch it. And I'm like, catch it. And he just goes off at me, and I'm just sitting there copping it. But then I just told him, mate, that was a shit pass. Mate, sort, your, sort your passing out. But Ma'anunu would have to be the prime example of someone that would just spray you. Look, like I said before, there, there is a time and a place, but when you are just spraying it and there's no clear messaging to what you're spraying, like you need to have a message and a solution. Don't just go over and, and bang someone on the nostril and say you're useless and <laughs> you should be better. You know, we've got to find a solution because there's a reason why some things are happening out there and uh, that, that's, that's a sign of a great leader and a great athlete. There's the people that come in with solution-led conversation, not just pin, uh, pinpointing. Yeah, right, not just blaming someone else for their terrible yep. passing skills. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. good, good. <laughs> uh, it is yeah. 19 past six here on SENZ, uh, Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast, and uh, Dagger, yeah. it's that time of the week. Mm. Mm. You know it is. You know it is, because we had a multi yesterday, mm. Ricardo. 
William's money came in. Money, 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 money. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> William's money at Talapa. And you pretty much didn't check out any of the form. You just liked the name because of your favourite movie. I loved it. I loved it. That, sometimes that works. Colours, the look of the horse. You never look at any form. You just go on your instinct, and that's what you did. Well, William's money came in. And I was thinking, yes, boy, we're on today. And then I spoke about Ascend to Throne. Mm-hmm. Which race yesterday? Opie Walker Bergeson stable, and um, wow, that had to dig deep and fought all the way to win by Bob, and that paid six dollars ninety. So there's fourteen bucks or thirteen dollars eighty if you want to be correct mm. on our multi. And who comes on? The one and only Mark Clayton Clayton. from the Good Oil. The legend. So we, we've given our tips, and let's be honest. We can't tip tip top. Well, we're that bad. <laughs> and Mark Clayton comes on and talks us into poetic justice. Nabba. Very good horse, apparently. Well, all Winklings are saying Dagger's multi's going to get paid. All I need is poetic justice for a top four. Poetic justice gets into prime position, gets to the straight. He starts whipping it, starts gaining a little bit, and I'm thinking, yes, we're going to get paid here, Dagger. We're going to get paid here, Dagger. And then it just stops on a dime and comes like seventh. And I'm thinking, this is Mark Clayton, the one and only Mark Clayton. That, sh- that knows, love racing. And so he ruined my multi. So there we go. I donated again. There was a donation today, uh, yesterday. So today it is Dagger's donation. Your chance to be with Ricardo and myself. And please, if you're coming with myself, make sure it's a certainty, please, because we need to get paid. I'm I'm getting I'm I'm getting livid here. I'm hurt. <laughs> this is getting hard and I'm very desperate. So Dagger's donation today, fifty dollar bonus bet. Send through your options. If you'd like to be a part of our donation options, we'll pick a couple. Shall we make it a certain certainty and we'll just go two legger? Two legger. One each. Two legger. Okay, one each. So send one through send through one of your options. We'll go through. Have a look. The one that stands out, I will pick it. And you'll be a part of Dagger's donation. Oh, it was a tough afternoon. <laughs> it was a tough afternoon. I couldn't believe it when you sent me the, the Did you the, pick the, it? Did you back it? No, I didn't back it at all. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, you, between you and Clado, we're talking about the third option. I was like, oh, fine, it's an option. Race five. Oh, look at that. Barrier one draw for the third last time, paying two eighty or whatever it was for a place, two forty for a place. That'll do. We'll just chuck that in there, mate. And what's better? It's named after Clint Eastwood's character in The Unforgiven, William Money. <laughs> ah, too easy. Too easy. It all just came oh. together for me. It came together, mate, and you got money. Oh, well. Well done. Well yeah. done. Well, yeah. It wasn't meant to be, so, yeah, that was my bonus bit. You know my bonus bit. My bonus bit's gone. They're gone. Ooh.